Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning and welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. I am this week's host, Liz Drabeck. Joining me is a very special guest today. It's Aaron Ritter, Deputy Associate Director for Casey Cares. Aaron, good morning. How are you? I am good. Good morning, Liz. It is our pleasure to have you and to learn about Casey Cares. So teach me. Can you start by telling me what Casey Cares is and what Casey Cares does? Absolutely. So uh, Casey Cares, we've been around. This is our 21st year of providing programs. And our focus is on critically ill children and their family members. So kids who are going through treatment for all different types of critical illnesses like uh, leukemia and brain tumors and um, uh, different, different types of cancer, kids waiting on transplants, kids with um, severe sickle cell or cystic fibrosis. And our goal is to provide um, the child as well as the siblings and the parents some some normalcy while they're going through um, the treatment and hopefully the cure of their illnesses. So we do um, ongoing palliative support, basically fun family activities. So things like tickets to baseball games and the circus and Disney on ice and um, at-home movie and pizza nights, really just kind of everyday family activities for families whose lives have just been turned upside down by the diagnosis and the treatment of their illness. I imagine an entire family's life would be upended. And before we get into some of the tremendous examples of your programs, can you illustrate even more just how it isn't just the child that is affected by the illness, like how it branches out and affects every member? Oh, yeah, it, it certainly does. Um, you know, we, so our, our kids, um, we accept children who from birth until um, age 18. And so sometimes, especially when it's um, a very small child, they may not even realize that there's anything wrong or anything different, but their, um, their older siblings realize that things are not as they used to be, and their parents certainly realize that things are not at all how they used to be. And so, you know, a lot of times mom or dad has to pay, take unpaid time, or they may even have to quit their jobs to care for their child. Um, the siblings are no longer going to, you know, soccer practice and having family meals at home because, you know, mom or dad is at the hospital and, you know, their, their grandparents are watching them. And so just a lot of those normal everyday activities, um, you know, just aren't happening for, for the, the siblings. And then the parents, you know, I've, I've got two healthy kids at home. And I can't even imagine what it's like to 
um, have a critically ill child and to um, feel, you know, feel as if, you know, the future is so uncertain and to, you know, question so many of, you know, the um, the choices that I'm making for their care and, um, and yeah, so we, we really work to, you know, really focus on the whole family because when a child is diagnosed, it isn't just that child. It is certainly, you know, their siblings. It is certainly their parents. You know, it really has a ripple effect to the entire family. And so we want to be there to support everybody. You made a great point, Erin, that just immediately tugged at my heart. Like, not only would the whole process be emotional and overwhelming, but the day-to-day tasks, like how do you make dinner every night and how do you pack normal kids' lunches? Um, So can you give me some of the examples of, like, donations? And before we get into some of the activities, like, you obviously have a ton of resources. So other than the nights out, what are some of the, I guess, the nights in or, like, the day-to-day stuff you provide? Sure. So we, we have, especially in these last 15 months, <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> we have been doing a lot of kind of at home and basic needs, um, type requests. So lots and lots of grocery store gift cards for our families. You know, our families, their, um, their pocketbooks are definitely stretched. Um, it, you know, we do not have financial requirements for our programs, but I will say the majority of families that most take advantage of our programs tend to be lower on the economic spectrum, but it certainly is not the rule. Um, and um, so the grocery store gift cards have just been very, very popular, especially during, you know, the pandemic um, and our movie and pizza nights at home, which is actually a sweet thing that we've done for years, but just never in this quantity before. Um, <laughs> it is a gift card for um, pizza delivery and then a gift card for streaming services, um, you know, so Amazon or, you know, Netflix, Redbox, and then um, we do pajamas for the kids. And then we also put in there some movie-style candy and some popcorn. So when um, when the when the family opens up the box, you know, it's it's like a whole night of fun. So mom and dad don't have to cook. They don't have to find clean pajamas, which honestly, finding clean pajamas is sometimes the hardest part of the night. Um, <laughs> and um, and you know, and they get candy and popcorn, and they and they just get to have a family night at home. And um, you know, we we are able to do some really, really special activities for our families, you know, kind of, um, you know, some behind the scenes with a celebrity or, you know, throwing out the first pitch at a baseball game. But I will say that the thank you notes we get for the movie and pizza nights and the grocery store gift cards are just as, um, just as amazing. You know, there's the families, cause uh, many of them like that really is all they can do right then. And it really is super important to them and it means a ton to them. So, um, that movie and pizza night at home is actually our very most popular program. Um, and even before COVID, it was a program that a family could participate in, you know, when they first get diagnosed, because a lot of times, um, you know, the child is undergoing some pretty rigorous treatment. And so they can't, um, they, you know, they can't be out in crowds. They have extremely compromised immune systems at that point. And um, so having a movie and pizza night at home um, means a great deal for, to them. And we actually had a mom one time say, it's like getting a hug in a box. And, uh, and I love that. And like, as a parent, like just having a box come and just like knowing that someone cares and that someone understands what you're going through is, is huge. I, you know, I feel like 
many of us can kind of understand a little bit more what our families go through as far as like the isolation and the concern about health issues, um, just having, you know, kind of come through the past year and a half. And um, so, you know, for these families, they are very isolated. They feel very alone. And so to have that box show up at their door, it means, you know, it means, yes, that they don't have to cook dinner or find clean pajamas, but it just also (laughs) means that like someone gets them and they, you know, they know what they're going through. And I think that that is huge for mom and dad. Yeah, the, the compassion, the empathy. But what I love is it's it's the little things, the day-to-day things that I would imagine when you're that, your emotional wherewithal is worn down, it's tough to decide what to get for dinner, you know? And then you have to, you, like, all the choices you make, even the small ones must seem so big when you also have big healthcare decisions to make. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We actually had a mom call, and I was, I was talking to her one day, and, um, you know, we offer you know, all different activities. And, and as kind of the world is opening up, we're able to, you know, do some more of those things, um, you know, especially outdoors and such. And um, um, she said, you know, you kind of like gave us permission. You know, she's like, when my when my child was first diagnosed with cancer, I felt like this is super serious and we needed to be super serious and super focused and thinking about, you know, which treatment and, you know, this experiment and could they qualify for this or that? Um, and, you know, who should be allowed in our house and who shouldn't be allowed in our house? And, you know, what kind of, were they going to go to school? Would they be staying home? Um, and um, she was like, and you called and asked if we wanted to go to Disney on ice. And she was Whoa. like, and I forgot that we were like, that we should do fun things. And you kind of gave us permission to like, yes, these are all important things. And, and, and I need to be paying attention to them, but it's also okay for three hours, you know, to go down to, um, you know, Royal Farms Arena and enjoy Disney on Ice because these problems will be here when Disney on Ice is over. And I can, you know, think about them then, but you know, it's okay to spend a couple hours not being so serious. And so, you know, that of course was, years ago. Um, but it really, really stuck with me because, you know, sometimes it is about a family not being able to afford an activity, but just as often it is about a family just not being able to kind of like wrap their brains around the idea of having fun or. Yeah. Right. I I would imagine they're just so focused. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I just love that little glimpse of daylight you just shown through. Uh, my question, I want to break it down in brass tacks if we can, Erin. So who is eligible for Casey Cares and how do they apply? Absolutely. So um, children under age 18 who live in the um, eight states that we serve, um, including Maryland, um, who have been um, diagnosed with a life-threatening illness that requires frequent hospitalization, active treatment, or hospice care. So they just really need to meet two of those four criteria. Um, they need to, um, yeah, and that really, that really is it. We have an application on our website. They can also talk to their social worker at their hospital. So anytime a child is diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, they should be assigned a social worker. And so all of the social workers at all of the children's hospitals have our applications so they can, you know, they can provide them the application or they can go to caseycares.org and get our application. The first page, the family fills out. The second page, the doctor and social worker fills out, and then they just send it in to us. So it's not a ton of work. It should take about 10 minutes to fill it all out. Um, yeah, and we would, you know, we would love to be serving, you know, any families that qualify for our programs. Right now we have about 
1,700 active families in our programs. And obviously, we would love to be helping. We would love to be helping more. So. Oh, wow. Uh, imagining that no two situations are alike. So can you walk me through like what a family might go through, how they get to you? And obviously, you just mentioned the, the hospitalization and the social work aspect. Uh, but then what happens after that? Right. So once they, you know, once once they apply for our programs, we have a super quick, um, you know, screening. I'm I'm the one in charge of it. So. <laughs> 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 so you would know. <laughs> um, so usually within about a week or two of receiving the application, they're already hearing from us, you know, obviously accepting them into our programs, but then also offering them an activity for their family. And so our goal is that each family that's enrolled in our programs will do about six activities a year. So like okay. every other month, every other month they get to do something fun. So whether it's you know, a movie and pizza night at home or whether it's um, last week or I'm sorry, the week before we um, we took a pirate ship ride in the harbor um, aboard the urban pirates vessel, yeah. which was very fun. Um, and we had, you know, some families this past week uh, go out on water taxi rides in the Baltimore Harbor. And we've had a bunch of families go to Orioles games. And so within a week or two, the families will... Um, will certainly hear from us via email, via phone, via mail, um, you know, to start providing some activities for them. And, and I think that um, I think that that's super important to have that be a very short timeline because, um, you know, they need our support and, and they, they need it right now. And um, we also want to make sure that families, you know, it's a very overwhelming process. So the quicker we can get in there and start providing some, um, you know, some fun and some distraction and some family time, we want to we wanna be there as quick as we can. How good does it feel to be able to do outdoor activities again, Erin? Oh, Liz, it feels amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that we are a we're a small organization. We have you know five full time staff here in Baltimore, and um, as we had the um, urban urban pirate ship uh, ride, and three of the five of us went. And the only reason <laughs> the other two didn't go was because they had um, we have a five k coming up, and they actually were at a um, one of our sponsors um, companies signing up folks to participate in the five k, and they were like, I can't. I can't believe we've had nothing for, you know, 18 months. And, like, we finally have a fun kids activity outside that we can come to. And um, and I can't believe we can't make it. <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it felt so good. It just felt so good to, like, see some families and just, like, be normal. You know, it was an hour and a half of total normalness. And, and that was huge. And I think that, like, um, you know, I hope that a lot of folks have, you know, gained gained perspective. You know, I, I felt like there were, you know, especially early on, you know, I, I just feel like we had as, you know, normal everyday folks had kind of like a tiny little snapshot of what our, what our families are going through, you know, on a daily basis, the, the constant fear about, you know, germs and, and who am I around and what sort of, um, what sort of things might I pick up um, you know, the constant worry about, you know, can my husband still go to work if he comes home? You know, what is he bringing home with him? And, um, um, you know, and, and then also like financially, like I know a lot of, a lot of people were very concerned about, you know, kind of like, would they have a job next week or next month? Like how long were they going to be able to hold on? Um, and so I think that those are all things that, our families go through when their child gets diagnosed with a critical illness. And so I think that 
um, a lot of people kind of had like a small glimpse of what that might be like. Um, and, um, and I hope that, you know, that gives folks a little bit, you know, a little bit of understanding and some empathy around, you know, the work that we do and, and kind of what these families are dealing with. You know, it completely opened my eyes, just having the heightened awareness of where can I go? How can I go there safely? And what can I not do? You know, even right. just at home, and I hate to overuse the word pivot, but like even me in my safe little bubble was pivoting to, you know, grocery stores, you know, delivering and things like that. And that's things, that's something that probably families have been dealing with well before the pandemic. Well before. Yeah, I actually had... Um, a mom had sent a thank you note and she was like, you know, we were quarantining 12 months before the pandemic started. She was oh. like, so, you know, then here we were, you know, doing it. But in some ways, um, for many of our families, it kind of, you know, it kind of leveled the playing field a little bit because yeah, I was wondering. Know, yeah. So like, you know, normally th their kids would be missing a ton of school or they would be trying to log in remotely, but the schools didn't really know how to do that. You know, it, it was not a seamless process, but because of the pandemic, you know, a lot of the kids who were newly diagnosed um, were able to still go to school, you know, virtually, just like all the other kids. And so, um, you know, certainly it was, you know, there's never a good time to have a child that's diagnosed with a critical illness, certainly. Um, but in some ways, I think what we've all been through is going to make moving forward as, you know, as children get diagnosed, it will be, it will be easier for them to kind of navigate a lot of things. Um, you know, they'll be able to get their groceries. They, everyone knows what a Zoom meeting is and a Google Meet is. And so, you know, if they can't get into school, their teacher will be able to log them in and they'll be able to kind of be in class um, just like, you know, just like the other students. So, um, and I know for us, we, um, you know, some of the programs that we started doing, we were like, we should definitely keep doing this. Even after the pandemic, we've been doing like a, a monthly um, trivia night with our families. And we've had like, 50, 60 families log on to this monthly trivia night. And we were saying, like, we should definitely keep doing this. Like, this is fun. And the families are enjoying it. And, and frankly, with 1,700 active families in our programs, there's a couple hundred families that can't go out and do an activity at any, yeah, at any given time, you know, pandemic or not, because they, you know, they have a compromised immune system or, you know, they're the the spot that they're in treatment, they just, you know, they are too sick to go out, but they could log in for a behind the scenes with the aquarium, you know, or they could, um, they could log in for a trivia night. And so there are things that we have certainly noticed that we're like, oh, I'm so glad that this technology is available and people know how to use it because we think it's, you know, moving forward, we're certainly going to keep offering those activities for our families, even as, you know, more in-person things open up. Yeah, and I think how like doing things virtually and taking remote tours just became such a part of our culture these past 15 months that, yeah, of course, I, I would imagine your organization could just integrate that as you switch forward. This is Spotlight mm -hmm. on Maryland. I'm Liz Drabeck talking to Aaron Ritter, Deputy Associate Director at Casey Cares. The website is caseycares.org. Now, we've kind of skirted around it. What What was your life like 15 months ago when the pandemic hit? What changed for you and what you do and how you provided, you know, some of your services and, and resources? Oh, sure. Um, in a word, everything. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to say, I would say everything. Um, but 
truly not as much as you'd think as far as, you know, what our, our families, you know, how our families were hearing from us. So we, um, we, you know, continued uh, reaching out to families and offering activities. Again, the vast majority of those activities were the, you know, at-home movie and pizza night, basic needs, grocery store, gift packages, and care packages. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all of our staff, you know, went home. All of our volunteers went home and kind of continued at home. So slightly less effectively, if I have to be honest. But, <laughs> but Nonetheless, you know, every year on each of our each of our kiddos' birthday, we send out a birthday gift. And you know, in March 2020, um, not a birthday was missed, and not a birthday since then. Um, you know, we kept we kept sending them out from our houses, packaging them up, bringing them to the post office. You know, sanitizing your hands a hundred times in between the house and the post office, but making sure that you know that those birthdays weren't to be missed because that's you know important to our families. And every um, obviously every birthday is an important day for a child, but especially for our kids because you know it's an important milestone that they they reach their birthday. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, we our volunteers, our staff, um, and honestly, our donors stepped up too. You know, a lot of the ways that our donors support us. Um, they just really weren't able to. You know, we have a couple large in-person fundraisers each year. Obviously, those really didn't happen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We also get a ton of support from, um, you know, regular people who, you know, they have Orioles tickets that they can't use or they have Ravens tickets that they can't use or they have tickets to a concert or a play that at the last minute they realize that, oh, man, I you know, I, I'm no longer going to be in town and I can't go to this this event. And so they'll call us and we'll find a family that can use those tickets. And so, you know, none of that could happen last year because, you know, none of those activities were happening. And even if they were, it wouldn't have been safe for our families to go to. And so, um, but our donors found other ways to support us. We had a couple, you know, virtual events. We had our, our a virtual gala. We had a virtual 5K. We actually had two virtual 5Ks. And so, um, you know, they, they still found a way. We have a, a raffle every year that's a $10,000 raffle. They, you know, they bought those tickets. We sold out every last one of those tickets. So we were really, really grateful for, you know, the staff and the volunteers and, frankly, our donors for kind of sticking with us in what was like, a you know, just a really difficult year. Erin, you mentioned the 5K. You have one in person coming up this month. We do. So it is Saturday, August 7th. We are very excited to see people. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, But, yeah, no, it should be great. It's in Columbia. We actually moved um, our office um, last June because that seemed um, like a good time to move our office. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) We were like, wait, how can we make things more complicated? Let's Um, Let's just add more. But yeah, so we moved down to Columbia and our and our 5K is actually like it runs around kind of our very large Columbia Gateway um, office complex. And um, it's it's very flat and much of it is very shaded. So that's my plug for the new 5K route. Um, But yeah, it'll be a great event. We have, you know, we have music, we'll have lots of food, we have some entertainment and obviously all of the funds that we raise at the 5K goes back into our program. So folks can um, go to our website at caseycares.org, and um, there's information about how to register. Individuals can register. Teams can register. Um, corp- 
you know, companies can register um, and, you know, build a corporate team. So we have lots of different ways for folks to get involved. And it really is events like our 5K that help, you know, that help run our programs. You know, we just could not do, um, you know, we could not provide the support that we provide if it wasn't for these fundraisers and if it wasn't for all of the folks out in the community who come out and support KC Cares. So we are really grateful for I think we're around 400 or so runners that have signed up already. And um, we're hoping, you know, to get a couple hundred more before the 7th. So we got, we got a, you know, a week and a half. <laughs> um, and what about uh, like donations and volunteering? What are the, the best ways or just even uh, like being a spectator? Or can you uh, tell me other ways to get involved? Oh, absolutely. So if you go to our website, Lots and lots of information, but some of the things that we're always in need of is volunteers. We have we we rely heavily on volunteers to meet our programmatic goals. We have folks who volunteer weekly in our office. We have folks who volunteer sporadically when we have a fundraising event or a um, a, a large event that we need help with. We have um, volunteers that run drives for us, either with their family or with their sports team or their church or their company. So drives for pajamas. We um, will send out about 20,000 pairs of brand new pajamas to critically ill children this year. Um, directly to their homes, and then we also supply all of the um, children's hospitals with fresh new pajamas for their kiddos to wear while they're hospitalized um, so they don't have to wear scratchy hospital gowns. So um, folks will do pajama drives. We um, brought in 15,000 pairs of pajamas um, so far this year, and so our goal is to send out 20,000, so we need another 5,000 pairs. Um, We also, folks will do drives for um, gift cards, so grocery store, pizza delivery, um, and um, streaming service gift cards. Um, And then we obviously have, um, you know, companies and and families that sponsor our programs or our our fundraising events. So that is certainly a way that folks can get involved. Um, Yeah, so there's a whole plethora of ways, but I would say the biggest ones are volunteering directly in the office, volunteering kind of outside the office, doing a drive, getting, you know, folks involved, you know, grassroots, um, and then also, you know, like corporate or um, family sponsorships of our um, our 5K or our gala is coming up at the um, Maryland Zoo in September. So that's a really, um, that's going to be a really fun event outside. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Um, always outside. Like we're, we've, we've learned our lesson for this year anyway. Um, but yeah, so there's many, many ways that someone can get involved at a very small, you know, donate one pair of pajamas um, or a much larger, you know, sponsor our 5K, um, you know, and be the finish line sponsor for $10,000. So it really kind of runs the gamut. And um, and I think it's really nice because, you know, you can go to Target and buy a pair of pajamas and you know when you bring it here that those pair of pajamas are going to reach a sick child and it's going to brighten their day. So it's just like very clear or, you know, buying a $20 um, pizza delivery gift card, like you know that that's going to reach a family who can really use it. So, um, yeah, so whether it's something small or, of course, we're always all about something big too, um, you know, it really will have an impact on a local family. Erin, can you give me the website one more time? Absolutely. It's caseycares.org. So that's C-A-S-E-Y-C-A-R-E-S dot O-R-G. 
We have been talking to Aaron Ritter, Deputy Associate Director of Casey Cares. I'm Liz Drabeck. This has been Spotlight on Maryland, an Odyssey production. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.